good story is uh, we were playing ping pong on the on our locker room, and we we get pretty heated matches. And I I lost it for a second. I punched the uh, the refrigerator. Yeah, there's a fridge right there, and I punched it. And I didn't think you're gonna see my whole hand on the on the deal. I was like, Golly. and a bunch of our teammates were there. It's like, all right, we'll find out how good of a team this is. It's like, don't say anything, please. And he came in. He's like, who did this? And I thought I was like, oh, somebody's gonna say. Well, I was like, I should have said it at the time. Now that I think about it, but nobody said anything, and we all had to like do like pretty brutal workout session on that Friday. And the whole team did it, and nobody nobody said anything. And five years after, I was like, Hib, that was me on the fridge. <laughs> he was like, I knew it, but nobody really said anything, and it proved that we had a really really good team that I could lean on. Oh, what a great story. Abe Answer talking about days at the uh, OU. How about that golf team getting the old punishment run in, right? Hey, I'm, I'm all uh, for being a great teammate, but if we got to do a brutal workout because he punched the refrigerator, maybe I don't say anything, but I'm pissed off at him the entire time and for probably a few days after that. Yeah, you got to get payment somehow yes. some uh some way shape or form you normally pay they that come back. in 30s payback at uh, that age you know maybe maybe, right. maybe jason white did that did he ever uh, punch the fridge in the locker room or something and you guys uh kept quiet for the quarterback anything like that happen really you think it would be jason white of all people in that locker room that would uh no. that would punch something it would have been okay it what, was you then yeah <laughs> I could name you a hundred guys at the time that would punch something. It's true, in he is probably least likely out of uh, everyone there. Yeah, that's funny though. I like that. That's hey man, and and as a coach, that's one of those things where you're mad about you know the dumb thing that they did, but I that's a you're kind of happy about the camaraderie and everyone stays tight lipped and. Hey, we'll do this thing together. We're not gonna we're not gonna out one of our one of our teammates. That actually probably makes you feel good as a coach. Well, he's built up a heck of a program, man. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I mean they they look uh, like they're ready to uh, roll into the SEC. And, and I don't know, like, is the SEC viewed as the elite conference in college golf? I, I honestly don't know. The Big 12 is pretty good with Texas and Oklahoma State, right? And I think Tech's pretty good on a year-in-year-out basis. So maybe mm-hmm. the Big 12 is better than the SEC. I don't know. Regardless of what conference that they're in, he's he's got things rolling. Man, it's impressive. Right. Yeah, uh, I I don't know, frankly. When it comes to college golf, I feel like the conference thing is maybe a um, – I. It, Maybe far less relevant than yeah. than most sports. Played in so many to, tournaments across the country yeah, throughout the year. Yeah. I think there's a big mix as to as to who who's playing good golf out there. But yeah, I, they, hey, either they, way, there's our Owen Field Stadium event where we could sell out eighty three thousand. Uh, OU versus Texas in putt putt on Owen Field. Ah, yeah, that you know, might get crazy. You could uh, those guys could probably hit like seven irons from the practice field <laughs> up and over the stadium onto a green uh, at the 50-yard line. A par line. three challenge, now you're thinking. There you go. That's right. We can't have putt-putt because Abe Answer will come back and look like Happy Gilmore on the clown. 
out there uh, shoving his putter oh, yeah. in his nose. Oh, yeah, getting all upset about everything. That's great. I like it. A guy like that, like, typically that doesn't translate well for golfers, right? Usually you need to stay pretty, pretty reserved, pretty calm, and he probably does. That was just a, a moment there with the teammates where it got super competitive, and uh, – We'll let him get by with that, especially me. I've only done that somewhere around 700,000 times. Yeah, you were in a golf in tournament lifetime. on Monday, and I'm sure that you did it this, as soon as this week. Jeez. Oh, golf, ping pong, baseball, basketball, everything. I love this from the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet <laughs> text line. Jason White's Jinkos were holding back his punching ability. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That baggy clothing, you can't really set up a you can't set up a good base to throw a punch from. You'll step uh, on your jeans. 580, is there even enough grass in Lubbock to golf or is it just dirt putting greens? They probably take care of the golf course out there, I would guess. Yeah. At Lubbock seems like one season. of those sneaky places where it's actually a pretty cool golf course out there. Yeah, I feel like there's actually is is it the Lubbock Country Club? Uh, there's supposedly there's a really really nice golf course out there somewhere. The Lubbock Country Club. That sounds like a uh, sounds like a great time. Uh, speaking yeah. of Jason White, we have a question on our Twitter page at KREF Sports. What's the most successful jersey number in OU quarterback history? So just off the top of your head, don't think about it. But what what number do you immediately go to? And then we'll see if you change your mind after seeing these names. Quarter, the most successful quarterback number? Oh. I said don't uh, really think about it, just the first thing that came to your mind, but here we are. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to even think of a number that multiple guys have had. I don't even – one? Okay. All right, one. What you basically what – it, what it probably sounds like to me is you wanted to say six initially, but you couldn't think of anyone else that wore six outside of Baker. Is that – is that pretty fair? Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's somewhat fair, but you can in, insert any number, not just six for that. I couldn't think of any number that multiple guys wore so number except one, for one. Number one had Kyler Murray. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. J.C. Watts. Yeah. And Danny Bradley. Yeah. It's a pretty good little group there, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Number six had Thomas Lotz. Okay. Baker Mayfield and yeah. Charles Thompson. Ooh, Number okay. 11 had Bobby Warmack and the godfather of the wishbone himself, Jack Mildren. Mm-hmm. 14, you have Josh Heupel and Sam Bradford. Pretty good duo Pretty good. there. And then 18, I have Jason White. and Well, I mean, Troy Aikman didn't finish his career here, but I'll throw it in there just for argument's sake. Um, Jason White and, uh, and Troy Aikman. Yeah, feels like it's number one, doesn't it? I feel like one. Kyler, Jalen, J.C. Watson, Danny Bradley. That's a that's a tough group right there. You got some really good. Uh, you hit you hit the new era pretty solidly, and then you uh, you have some great throwback names in there from uh, from past times. Yeah, I like yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You you represent all of the eras in there for for the yeah. most part. I mean, you're not going back to the the fifties or sixties or anything, but. I think, uh, yeah, Kyla Murray, Jalen Hurts, J.C. Watts, and Danny Bradley on the list. Text line is saying number one, uh, 918. After JFA, it will be number 10. Am I right? So who else wore 10? Blake Bell wore 10, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, anyone else noteworthy that you can think of? 
Um, who am I totally blanking on that wore number ten? Um, it's it's really going to be Blake Bell and Jackson Arnold for for the most part. Yeah. Don't forget Cody Thomas. He also wore fourteen. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. There you go. They forgot nice Davis Bevel with number eleven says Ohio Sooner. I know someone ah. was going to make that joke. There you go. Uh, you forgot legends Dylan Gabriel and Nate Hibble at number eight. Yeah, Nate did wear eight. Dylan Gabriel, not done yet. Uh, we may have a conversation. We'll see what Dylan Gabriel accomplishes this season. I am ready to go ahead and uh, lock in my final answer here, Regis. I am going with number one as the most successful jersey number in OU history, followed by I really want to pick number six. I'm going to go with number 14. You get a Heisman and a national championship in there. Yeah. 14 is pretty strong. Very strong. I'm trying to remember what years uh, J.C. Watts was uh, was quarterback at Oklahoma. Was it early 80s? Let me, Late 70s? Let me get you the exact year so I don't uh, butcher this one. How about that? Oh man, I've got it. I've got it pulled up right here. Football neck on old J.C. Watts back in the day. I love it, man. Alpha. Seventy-seven is, uh, to eighty was uh, J.C. Watts. There you go. And threw for nine hundred and five yards in nineteen eighty. Jeez, he was like Dan Marino. No kidding. Yeah, it's uh, nine hundred and five yards on only seventy-eight attempts. That's actually a pretty good. <laughs> Quinn numbers. Ewers would never. Quinn Ewers would kill for those numbers. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's awesome. Give me, uh, give me number one. Kale Gundy, Justin Fuente, and Landry Jones all wore number twelve. Okay, there you go. All-time passing leader in there. Um, that's not bad. Uh, guy is mad that we didn't add number 15 in there. How do you say history and then not acknowledge the decade that created the monster? I'm about to go all Bob Huggins. So 15, you had Claude Arnold and Jimmy Harris, who won three national championships. Yeah, probably should have been included. Yeah, that's right. Jimmy Harris wore 15, huh? Okay. Nice. I was wondering, uh, whenever you were going through the list, I was like, are we going back far enough? What are some of the numbers way back when? So I, I immediately thought of Steve Davis and how many games he won because, well, he won a lot and didn't lose very many. I couldn't think of anyone else that – maybe I'm totally blanking. Can you think of anyone else that's wore number five as a quarterback here? Five. No. I feel like Steve – now, Steve Davis – like five is very successful if only it's Steve Davis, but I couldn't – figure out anyone else to pair him with. Along, that's right. why I did not include that one. Yeah, and obviously you know this, you're asking the wrong guy well, yeah, uh, whenever it comes so to, to jersey numbers. Mm-hmm. But, no, I do not – I don't remember anyone wearing five. Uh, also, people want to include uh, – <laughs> you'll love this one. This is your era. Hunter Wall with uh, Sam Bradford and uh, Josh Heupel with 14. Because of go. the throwback touchdown pass he had against Kansas State in 2001. That's right. That's right. That's a pretty good one. Um, hmm. I, I'm. You got to go with number one. You get a Heisman in there. You get two. Um, you get the highest paid player in NFL history for about ten days. For ten days, hmm. you get um, what? Two conference titles, at least. I don't know. How many conference titles um, 
J.C. Watts won. Julius Caesar, which Julius one, of the, Caesar one of the better Watts. names in uh, program history. Awesome. And I mean, he was in he was in politics as well. I mean, he just just did it all. Yeah, fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic. All right. Um, Number one would not have been the answer. Um, well, a recent surge. Recent surge. It's it's definitely been a recent surge. I mean, in the seventies and eighties, one had a had a lot of success, but. Um, yeah, may, maybe Jackson Arnold can can uh, change that. I know that he wore eleven in high school, and maybe after Davis Bevel is gone, he'll switch back to number eleven. I don't know. If he does, if he switches to number eleven, you throw him in there with uh, Mildren, and who wore who else? Uh, Bobby Warmack, Jack Mildren, and Jackson Arnold. That's going to be pretty tough. Watch out for number eleven making a surge. Yeah, I hate to say it because you wore it, um, but eleven is. Like if you just want to go successful jersey numbers in OU history, 11's, 11's pretty it's, tough, man. It's tough to contend with for sure. You got a guy that a a, a ball fell in his lap one year at the uh, the OU Texas game, a Bolitnikoff mm-hmm. winner, Godfather of the Wishbone. There's been a lot of good players that's worn that number. Yep. And the uh, the fact that it is basically fought over every year by pretty much every player on the roster lets you know that it's probably going to have a is that a good, true is, yeah. is that true really yeah who's yeah. who's 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 been fighting over it anyone well note? there's always like three guys that are trying to get it or have it at any given time who all's got it right now uh, let me look at the roster because everyone changed their numbers this offseason to, to who's wearing number 11. It is a yeah. fast-looking – wasn't it Venables that told you to wear that initially? Yeah. Isn't that how that worked out? It's like, bro, we got to oh. get you out of 54. Bevel and McKenzie, so there you go. At least a linebacker's wearing it. Yep, we got a linebacker wearing it. And someone else will probably switch to it before uh, before the season rolls around. Someone else offensively is like, hey, third-team quarterback's wearing it. We need to slide into that 11 really quick on the offensive side. Yeah, you really need Kobe McKenzie to have a big year to uh, to ref that number eleven. Hey, man, I'm telling you, uh, the Connor Near kid coming in—that's a shakeup at the Mike Backer spot. You must have uh, heard something for to be. This is the second time well, that you've randomly brought him up this week. Well, not randomly. We're talking about Kobe McKenzie having a good year, and you know. We got a battle at Mike Backer. Yeah, I mean, you and we just signed a new guy out of the transfer portal that's going to be playing that specific position. You intentionally steer the discussion to, to bring up Connor Near, which is fine. I don't hate it. I, I like it actually. It's just you have heard something from somebody that leads you to believe he's got a legit chance to start, or at least a chance to start. I have not heard that. I have heard um, that. I've heard from folks on staff that they share my opinion of the kid uh and like i said this wasn't an ad just to add they actually really like him yeah uh, they they really like him and like the things that he brings now like like a lot of guys that you get out of the transfer portal um you know there's there's at times going to be some limitations perhaps you know and I'm not saying that he necessarily has any, but you know, I would say that both Canick and Kobe McKenzie probably have a higher ceiling. But 
the thing is with Connor Near, like he's closer to his ceiling right now than those two guys are. Like they're not even scratching the surface on getting to their ceiling, and he's already playing, you know, really good high level football. I uh, I I need you to check in on someone with your okay. old linebackers coach, Wyatt Simmons. OU just offered him out of uh, CRC, Arkansas, and apparently, like this kid had like no offers to very little offers, and he released a two minute forty nine second highlight video last Friday. Yeah, and it just lit on fire. Like Florida State offered him yesterday, OU's offered him now, Auburn's offered him. Arkansas finally offered him. He's an in-state kid. Apparently, he's 6'2", 215, runs a 4'6", has played wide receiver before. Apparently, he can fly sideline to sideline, and they're in on him now in 2024. So, it's it's intriguing. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I just pulled it up here. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas State, Auburn, FSU. Huh. Okay. And this is like all in the last. This is like all in the in the last month here. Now this is this is way earlier, but it kind of reminds me of who was the the big defensive end kid from Tennessee? Not here yet, for from the twenty three class. That's not here yet. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he was an early arrival. He, they offered him pretty late, and then oh, everyone offered him right about, after that. Uh, Hein or Heim? Taylor Heim. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know how you know wasn't wasn't getting a yeah, whole he, lot of okay. Looks. Yeah. You're saying like he was a late at, he was a late offer, and then you start watching the tape, and it's like, ooh, okay, I like him. Yeah, and and not like I don't know if this would be considered a late offer for this kid. Probably is, but it's one of those things where it's like it's a hidden gem out there, and as soon as someone makes a big offer, everyone across the country looks at him as like, okay, yeah, look at. Look who Oklahoma offered, or look who Alabama offered. This kid's legit, and all the offers just pour in. It's it kind of reminds me of that situation. Yeah. So. Uh, text line's getting on to us. You're overlooking number eleven and Ante Jones. Not trust me. I remember ah, dominating yeah. the national championship game in 2000. That's right. There's been a bunch of guys. Bunch of guys. All right. Late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Sooner Station today. Uh, independent living, 55 and up. Also have assisted living and memory care here. Uh, they got the one-year anniversary coming up in June. you got to stop by, take a tour of this place. All kinds of great amenities. Pool, full bar in the sports pub, restaurant, workout rooms. Got live music every week, full service salon, fire pits, courtyards, and more. Come see us here at Sooner Station. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, are Visit bit.ly forward slash Norman Stormwater. Here comes the hot stepper. I'm the lyrical gangster. Big up the queen of the area. Still have it like that. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. What are the uh, major neutral site games we have in college football right now? OU Texas, Florida and Georgia, Army-Navy. Those are probably the uh, the three most prominent, I would say, right now. Well, one of those might be going away, and we've talked about it before, but there's a little bit more clarity to the situation. Florida and Georgia could be moving away from the neutral site, 
And one of those reasons is because, and this is so strange to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars are about to renovate their stadium. That's where Florida and Georgia play. And the Jags could be out of their own stadium in the years 2025 and 2026 and have to play at the Swamp in Florida. So, like, right in the middle of their window, like – if last year wasn't a fluke and the Jags are kind of on the, the come up here in the, in the, uh, in the uh, AFC East, or excuse me, in the AFC, uh, they may have to play at like a college stadium when they really got it going on, which is interesting. Yeah. Two-year renovation plan out there in Jacksonville, wow. which, which would mean that Florida and Georgia would move elsewhere, maybe to Atlanta, Orlando, uh, Tampa, Miami, or the thought is they'll just move it on site, home and home. Yeah, if I was them, I'd move it on site. Yeah, I, I I guess I don't know enough about the financial arrangement and how that works when they go neutral site. But um, if you have a two-year window where you each can host one, you feel like that would be something that you'd want to do. Maybe not. Um, but that's weird with the, the Jaguars um, that they're going to spend that long and that much on a stadium renovation whenever – it, it's it's like they just grow up and build a new stadium like everyone else. Come on. Well, but not just that. They play more and more games in London every single year. Two or two this England. next year, which yeah. we already know. Which is you know of your of your home schedule. That's already a decent little chunk. So, I I thought that they would maybe play even more of those over there during the time they're, they're renovating their stadium. But well, who knows? Uh, Kirby Smart and Georgia want to move it uh, on site, so guess what's going to happen? Probably going to move it on site. He says, when it comes down to it, there's a very, very basic element of everything that it comes back to. Number one, money, and number two, recruiting and getting good players. I firmly believe that we'll be able to sign better players by having it as a home-and-home home because we'll have more opportunities to get them to campus. But I also think there's a financial factor that factors into that with having the game there and being able to make more money for the university possibly there. You have to weigh both of those and make really good decisions. Kirby's like, yeah. I want this thing in Athens for recruiting purposes. Oh, I, yeah. I, don't bl- I don't blame him on that. Right. Yeah. That's. Um, I don't blame him either. It's. To me, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, but you know the money aspect is that's the part that I don't know. Like, does do you make more whenever you have it at a neutral site, or do you make more if you're able to do, um, you know, a, a home and home for two years? I mean, it's probably the neutral site to where you because split. you get money both years instead of yeah. just one, right? I mean, probably, but you know, I I don't know. I know that I know that the merchants. Uh, around the stadium, hotels, restaurants, bars, all of that would rather you not have it at a neutral site, rather you have home and home. But you know, athletic department, you know, getting the big check is tough to overcome. Yeah, well, I, I think OU Texas is already special enough as, as it is, and like with an elite conference attached to it, I think it's going to be become even more noticeable. I wonder if Florida and Georgia moving away from neutral site enhances the OU-Texas rivalry at all nationally. Like, you'll still have Army and Navy, but that's kind of in a week all on its own, a dynamic all on its own. Like, OU and Texas will be really the only big-time regular season game that's played at a neutral site. There's something interesting about that or intriguing about that. Yeah, 
And, you know, there's at least the, that I know of no sign of that going anywhere. Doesn't feel like it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. I think that's a good thing. And the only problem with that neutral site situation is the recruiting aspect of it. It, it's ridiculous, right? That if you're down there playing in it and you're technically the away team, you don't get to have any recruiting opportunity in it. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah, and then um, I guess sometimes you could be recruiting a kid and they could be on the dime of the kid on, or the team on the other sideline, and that could flip a recruitment. Yeah. I, I don't know any stories offhand where that's been the case. Um, maybe Adrian Peterson. Was it was AD that case? Was he there on a Texas visit flashing the horns down at one point? I thought oh. I remember a story of him throwing the horns down at an OU Texas game one year. Maybe well, he was there with the Texas. That I can't was, remember. That was a commit last year that went to that game on Texas's dime. Well, and- yeah, yeah. well, was it on um, – yeah, I think he was sitting with his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, you're you're right. Whatever happened, yes. Yeah, he was a so. he was a really good player. Ended up committing to Texas. Uh, text Man. line: Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Will the SEC force us in Texas to play on site? I don't. I, no. I, I I don't think so. No. They not only would they not do it. They don't. They wouldn't want that. Um, you know, that's a that's a huge revenue game. That's a that's a huge game of of national interest because of of where it's played and the whole scene around the game. I can't imagine. The only thing I would see the SEC trying to get OU in Texas to do would be played at night, and that's not going to happen. Colton Bosick, yeah, that's that's who we're mentioning there. Right. Um, well, the SEC can try to move it at night, but you're right. At like two thirty, that's about as late in the day as it's, it's as it's going to get. Yeah. This could yep. be uh, our last – I don't think it'll be the last ever, but this year could be our last 11 a.m. OU Texas game, at least for a few years. I, I feel like it's going to be 2.30, at least for the first couple of years in the SEC. I don't know that for sure, but didn't Texas uh, AD or president basically say that they wanted that to be the case two months ago? Right. Yeah, we heard we had that uh, – specific conversation and yeah i would expect it to be a a 230 kick maybe not exclusively moving forward but i mean we looked at it at the time whenever that that whole buzz was going around and there's very few 11 a.m sec kicks and the ones that are are not yeah premium games so obviously ou's played in premier 11 a.m games um Ohio State and Michigan do it every single year. God, can you think of an SEC game that has been at 11 a.m. or is a regular 11 a.m. game? I uh, cannot think of one. It's 2 is their primetime slot, if not at night. Yeah. They, they, they put the bad teams at 11 a.m. That's, that's what they do. The bad teams are at least the bad games, which makes sense for them because Big Noon is at 11 a.m. That's their – you know, big-time game of the week, so it wouldn't make sense for the SEC to have uh, any sort of a big game at 11 a.m., yeah? Heck, yep. the, the SEC has had a week where they, they've gotten to put, uh, what, two games on CBS on the same day once a year, one at 2.30 and one in that primetime window at 7 p.m. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know. I think um, I, I just – I don't see – any way really that 
OU Texas will be an 11 a.m. game once they move to the SEC. I could be wrong on that. Someone may may point something out that that I'm just glossing over or missing or not aware of, but you know, I don't think OU or Texas has ever wanted that to be an 11 a.m. game. I don't think that uh, anyone that at the Cotton Bowl has ever wanted that to be an 11 a.m. game. That you know creates a, a whole another set of issues, and you know, I, it's just it's where the it makes it not feel like a premier game whenever it's yeah. that early. Uh, I, I just asked. I said, uh, hey, can you think of any SEC game that's on a regular occurrence at 11 a.m.? Uh, Texture the 918 says, well, Vanderbilt, Missouri is usually in the 11 a.m. slot every single yeah. year. There you go. Uh, 918, if the Cotton Bowl needed two years of renovations, would you rather do a home-and-home home or have the game at Jerry World? I'm team home-and-home home on that one. Home-and-home home without a doubt. That would be incredible for just a quick two-year um, two-year little window. Uh, now, the difficult part about that is, like, I don't know if you'd be able to because a contract with the city of Dallas and however that, that whole situation runs. But I'd rather play it at SMU than Jerry World. That's just me. Play, yeah, play it know, at the – Played at uh, what, what? What's that stadium that you were at a few months ago to watch Colorado School of Mines? Oh, McKinney. Yeah, McKinney, McKinney ISD. We'll play it there yeah. outside Jerry World. Just no cigars. If or you beat Texas. Or we can play it in Arlington. That's fine. But we'll play it in the house that Bob built, future XFL champs, uh, over there across the street from Jerry World at the That's old right. baseball stadium. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I don't know. I've. I've gone back and forth, and part of it is just uh, joking and trolling a little bit about playing it at Jerry's World because of the air conditioning. But um, it needs to be outside. It needs to be in that venue. And I don't, I don't foresee it ever changing. Really, yeah. there's, there's seriously not a situation other than that place crumbling and falling down somehow. And I still, I say, play it there. We could just stand around. Play inside one of the big uh, livestock pens. Yeah, just I, that's what the put a field in That's there. what it smells like around the third quarter, anyway. The smell's <laughs> not going to be any different. Same thing. Uh, one more. SEC will make us move our band to the end zone. Were you telling me about something like that recently, where the the SEC has uh, banned? Well, remember we were. I was looking at the. I was looking at the stadium seating for the spring game and it had or no maybe it was season the season ticket chart and it had the band over in the south end zone just in its own section i had it like on top of the south it was weird how it had it sitting there now they fixed it but you know that's something that people have hinted at that perhaps the the band could be in a different place moving uh, forward and on top of the scoreboard is that that's where yeah, they'll be they want those uh those premium seats i think they'll be uh i think they'll be out on the practice field and they'll just go to a, a live video of them on the jumbotron whenever they're playing please welcome Boomer the pride Center. of oklahoma yes <laughs> just like covid when they weren't actually yeah. there but they show them on the jumbotron before the game it's great. That's right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Ref- Zero. And put their 100 years of practicing law the right way to work for you. Or visit us online at wardglasslaw.com. Can easily understand. 
West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? The WIG communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. I know everyone is excited about this. There is a new hotline. It's a gambling hotline that uh, has been started. The Athlete Alert, powered by Real Response, was just announced by U.S. Integrity. It's a sports data integrity company. They played a role in the uh, University of Alabama baseball team. This is essentially a hotline that uh, athletes, coaches, anyone can call and report anything uh, that they believe integrity-related concerns, such as uh, misuse of insider information, match match fixing, game manipulation, or illegal wagering. The tips would go to regulators who could then verify them and bring the matter to law enforcement. So I know everyone out there is thrilled. Athletes, you know how many – Athletes out there in the wake of this Iowa, Iowa State, Alabama thing are just scared out of their mind because maybe they played in a $20, um, you know, fantasy game or uh, NCAA tournament pool. They're just frightened to death right now. I'm so, sure. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought this was funny. Did you know that Brett Favre was suing Pat McAfee? Yeah, I saw that a few weeks ago, actually. Yeah, it was crazy with how all that whole thing went down. And of all people, Brett Favre picked Pat McAfee to go after. But I guess that suit is no longer happening. So uh, I thought that was, he dropped was kind it. of funny. Right, yeah, nice job, dropped it. So uh, good for Pat McAfee on that deal. Now, this one, a little more serious. You know, one of the things that brings down a superpower is when you crumble from within. And I'm not saying that's happening with Georgia, but they've had a rough offseason. Uh, now, we all remember the the horrible crash after the national championship celebration. Um, you know, Jalen Carter was, was, was there and he got drafted, but, you know, he had to he had to surrender for those charges of reckless driving and racing. Um, you know, the death of the offensive lineman, Devin Willick, in that whole event. Um, you know, they just had, I think last night or the night before, the Nylon Morissette, a DUI at 3.30 in the morning. Um, you know, they had that issue with five days before the, the crash that had, you know, the death. There was another player that was – uh, pulled over, arrested for racing and reckless right. driving. They had the Ra Ra Thomas kid that was arrested for felony false imprisonment. Is this something we should worry about, Tyler? Um, no, because they look like they're going to be really good again. I, I I know that we're all looking for a reason as to why Georgia's not going to three-peat, but I, I don't I don't think that they're crumbling from within just yet. I think they'll, they'll be yeah. okay. But you're right, okay. it's been a rough offseason. All right, first one for me. Am I the only one lame enough here to admit that I watched or used to watch Here Comes Honey Boo Boo? Anyone else? Nobody else? Just me? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I thought. No, anyway, <laughs> um, so since none of you watched it, Honey Boo Boo's mom, I don't know how to explain it other than 
it's got to be the most redneck thing that's ever been aired on TV. Um, yeah. The the daughter was a was a pageant girl, but like the the boyfriend dad was named Sugar Bear. Honey Boo Boo was the nickname of the kid. Like you kind of get the idea. Anyway, yeah. The mom on the show has admitted to blowing more than one million dollars on cocaine during her addiction. Hello. Quote. She smoted, uh, she uh, mostly snorted cocaine until it damaged her vision. At which point, she switched to smoking crack cocaine. So, she spent more than $1 million on cocaine during her addiction. Her damage was, mess- or her uh, vision was damaged, and she said, nah, screw it. We'll just ma- let's just fix my vision with some crack cocaine. Beautiful. Huh. Maybe Beautiful that story. was a, that financially probably ended up being a good choice. Um, <laughs> But I like the term that you just coined there uh, when you combine snorted and smoked with smoted. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting yeah. one. But the, the whole, I mean, the drug thing, not shocking. Well, if you watch that show, it's not shocking. Right. But the million dollars is the shocking part of it. They must have been getting paid on Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Congratulations no to them. On, th- on three has their top ten safety rankings in Ooh. college football. Whoa, Miami's number one at safety, okay. Okay. Michigan's number two, Georgia's number three, mm-hmm. Clemson's four, Utah's five, Pfft. USC is six, Ohio State seven, A&M eight, LSU nine, Bama ten. No sign of uh, OU here. Well, and rightfully so. Um, it's hard to, to rank Oklahoma high when they had uh, – statistically the worst defense in the Big 12 last year. Uh, now, I I think you, I think uh, a lot of the Sooner fans probably out there feel pretty strong about the safety position right now. With Bowman coming back, with Peyton Bowen, the five-star, that's, uh, that's going to be, be on the team this fall. You've got good depth. Key Lawrence, Robert Spears Jennings coming back. After his inter- uh, injury, you had... Uh, Pearson transfer from Tech. Like we've got some good players at safety, but frankly, man, we just got to prove it, man. Making this joke yesterday that oh, okay, the NFL schedule reveal is on Thursday. We kind of know all the games. Well, even more so today. I guess the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Lions are going to be the first game of the year. NFL wants to follow this intriguing storyline okay. developing with the Lions. Who, what they they got screwed out of a playoff spot last year, correct? There was terrible officiating in the uh, Seattle, like, was it the Rams-Seahawks game, something like that? Something wild went down. Detroit won at Green Bay, I think, uh, last week of the regular season. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine if I told you that Uh, a year ago. Hey, uh, first game next year is going to be Kansas City and Detroit. I know. Hey, say what you want, and, you know, we'll see how how they do. Now, they've got some... They've got some suspension stuff they're going to have to deal with themselves, but they've at least become fun to follow, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the most hype they'll have going team. into the going into into a year in a while, probably. No kidding. Since By they far. had Sue and um, Matthew Stafford after that playoff loss to the Cowboys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, last one I have is how about Oklahoma State's new uniforms that were unveiled yesterday? Like them, love them, hate them. Love them. You like the modern uh, twist on an old uniform? Yep. I think it's perfect. I think that is the exact uniform they should have gone with, and uh, I think they should stay with it. 
Don't get fancy. Don't do a bunch of extra stuff. Just roll with what you got right there. I, uh, I, I thought it was awesome. One more. Uh, Twister 2, I guess, is filming right now in the state of Oklahoma. Make well, it some footage today. There was a I – went, when I went downtown yesterday morning, I got there about uh, 8, 8, 20, 8.30 a.m. Downtown It was Goldsby. a madhouse. No, downtown OKC. <laughs> I don't know what they were shooting downtown, but that place was packed. They had all the roads closed. I could barely get into the office. Uh, tons of people walking around. I guess they were extras. I don't know. But, yeah, it was if a zoo Reed downtown. If Timmer's not in it, I'm not watching it. That's my official statement. That's all I've I have. Already, I've already caught a couple of Reed Timmer videos today. He's got the Dominator out. So, if you see it around, look for a place to hide. There's something close. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up our number two next here from Sooner Talking Station. Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Attention all Sooner fans. Don't miss your chance to secure your seats for the 2023 Oklahoma football season today. Season tickets start at $400, and being a season ticket holder is the only way to guarantee the best seats for all six home games. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit Soonersports.com slash commit23. That's Soonersports.com slash commit23. Or contact the OU Athletic Ticket Office by phone. EMC dealers, bringing you this hour of the rush. I guess Texas has uh, made a nice comeback against Texas Tech in the uh, Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City. 6-6, Texas has their three, four, and five hitters due up in the bottom of the eighth. So maybe it'll be Texas-Oklahoma State after all tomorrow. We'll see. However, Oklahoma will play Iowa State at 1 o'clock. They had seven first-teamers, uh, all Big 12, out of uh, 12 players that were, uh, that were uh, awarded. However, Alyssa Brito wasn't on the list, and uh, we were all upset about that yesterday. She hit 401, fifth highest average in the conference, and still didn't make the first team. So we, uh, we rioted a little bit yesterday on, during your Wednesday sabbatical, and I say rightfully so. She should have been included. Should have been included on the list. But if, uh, if I know Alyssa Brito and if I know this program, they'll probably come back in a big way starting tomorrow and probably going to make a nice run to uh, win the conference championship because that's a thing. And you, you may have forgotten about this, but OU won the regular season last year, but they didn't win the conference championship. They didn't even win the, they didn't win the conference championship last year. They won the national championship. They won the regular season again this year. So will there be some extra added incentive for OU to win the Big 12 tournament this weekend? That's probably going to be the case. Probably going to be the case. And that starts with Iowa State – Tomorrow at 1 p.m., and then uh, we might see a rematch with either Texas or Oklahoma State. OSU still got to play Kansas later on today, and then Texas still has to uh, finish off Texas Tech here in the bottom of the eighth inning. But uh, I would say that those are probably the two favorites to face off in the championship game along with OU, Oklahoma State, and Texas. We'll work on uh, getting Teddy rejoined as we hit the top of the hour. Final hour of the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and ninety-nine point three FM, K twenty-five seven DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network.
GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quickly.